0: I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, we're going to continue today in a, in a series that we launched last week. It's a, it's on faith. And, and I gave us a working definition last week that I want to remind us of today when we talk about faith. Faith is this thing that that it's, 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 it's a doctrine. It's an important truth, an important doctrine for us to settle. When it comes to scripture, man, we've got to understand faith. Everything we do in our lives as believers centers, Faith is central to everything about us. So here's the working definition we, we laid out last weekend that I want to remind us of today. I'm a, I'm a recap guy. Are you? Anybody? I'm a recap guy. So here's the faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. But listen, as you can see with that definition up there, it is central that we we know that of who, who, who God is, that we know that. Listen, I, there are so many conceptions out there about who God is and they're, they're misconceptions. I believe God's not mad at us. He's not angry at us. He's not out to, to, you know, destroy us. You need to know that God loves you. If God didn't love you. And if God was finished with us, he would not have sent his son, Jesus to die on the cross. That right there gives us a snapshot as to the nature and the character of God. Are you with me so far? Not only do we believe that God is who he says he is, but that he will do the things he says he will do. Hey, do you ever read your Bible? Yeah. You, you, you ought to because it is littered with promises of God. It is littered with things that show us how God has worked and moved in the past throughout history. But the reality is, that you could look back and see in your own life how. God moved and delivered you from maybe a time of adversity or difficulty. Am I talking to anybody? Hey, there was a time probably you faced some financial issues, right? Come on, somebody. Hey, there might've been a time in which there was a health diagnosis that was a setback for you, amen? Listen, look back and even in your own life, not just through what we find in scripture, but I just wanna remind you, God is good. And he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And sometimes even when we can't, understand the things around us. Man, we can always be reminded that he always comes through. Wow. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. We used to sing the song because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Amen? Wow. Her name was Joanne. Uh, Joanne was, was an elderly lady uh, in her church, but she was very faithful and committed to it. Joanne was a mom. Like many of you are, she had one son. Uh, Joanne's husband was not a man of faith. And so for Joanne as, as a woman of God and wanting to raise her son in the ways of God, you can imagine that there might've been a little bit of a struggle for her to raise up a child in the way he should go. Are you with me? But she was faithful and committed Uh, She was at the church uh, every time the doors were open. It's been said that maybe she even beat the pastor to the church sometimes. She just loved the Lord. Joanne loved arts and crafts, and she grew up in a day and a time in which it was before the big box stores like Joanne Fabrics or Hobby Lobby or Michael's, right? And uh, uh, she, she made her own crafts whatever resources she had at home, maybe empty cereal boxes like we saw in the video, right? Come on. How many of you moms could relate to that stuff today, right? Yeah. Just don't take a bath three days. Is, you still smell fine, right? You never say that. Amen. But Joanne loved her favorite holiday was Christmas. As you can imagine, as a woman of faith, and she loved the birth of the savior and she would go all out and decorating her house and not only for, for her and her family, but she would invite people over and just share the love and the joy that Jesus brings. Uh, there was a man named Mike. Mike worked for the United States Postal Service. Do we have any postal people in the house today? Do we have any people that have gone nuclear on postal people today? <laughs> Shame on you. I mean, we could go back to carrier pigeon in Wells Fargo stagecoach days if you want to, right? Um, but Mike worked for the United States postal service. He worked for the postal service back in the day when mailboxes were actually positioned at the front door on the front curb and the mailman walked by foot. He didn't go to a community mailbox, but he actually delivered mail to the house. I'm sure Mike would tell stories the many times would dogs would attack him and nibble at his ankles. Um, but he, yet he was faithful even in the heat of the summer to, wear that what looked like a military-issued helmet. Remember the socks pulled way up high and the shorts that came way down low where there was about that much skin in between the two? But he was faithful. Not only did was Mike a good worker for the postal service, but it's been said that Mike was great at his church also, that he took time to pour into young boys, some boys that Didn't have a dad at home. He taught them important skills like how to pitch a tent. You remember the old orange ones? We used to call them pup tents. He taught boys how to build a campfire and how to carve a a little car out of a block of wood. And then they had races called the Soapbox Derby. Mike poured into boys that were not his own son's but he just wanted to see young men raised in the eyes of God. His name was Jocko. They called him Poncho, short Hispanic gentleman about this tall, but make no mistake about it. He had a huge heart and he was fiery if you got on the wrong side. Jocko was first-generation Hispanic to live here in the United States. And soon began to work hard to make his way for his family here, became a businessman. Jocko had started with nothing, but he worked hard and, 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 and began to provide a good life for his family. Someone introduced Jocko to Jesus and it radically transformed his life. That same fire and passion that he used to carry for other things throughout life, Jocko began to harness that and funnel it in his pursuit towards Jesus. Jocko not only made sure that his family was at church every Sunday, but he made sure that his extended family, all his neighbors, everyone was there. Jocko lived his faith, they say out loud. He loved the game of baseball. He had three boys and two daughters and... And he made sure that his boys learned playing a game that he loved and, and he was a great coach. Jaco took boys in the community and not only taught them how to play a game at a, at a top level, but all the while, he was always a man of integrity and faith. And even when other coaches might be yelling curse words or shouting about how old is that kid across the ball field, Jocko would stand up and shut them down, but he always modeled Jesus. Always modeled Jesus. Jocko's teams didn't play baseball on Sundays because that was the Lord's day. And if there was a game scheduled, it would be after church was finished. Her name was Darlene. She grew up in a home with an abusive father, abusive towards her mother, and sometimes abusive towards the other kids in the home. Her mom did her best to try to protect and shelter and, 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 and provide for the family and take care of the needs of, of all of their children. Darlene came to know the Lord at a later date, older in her years. It's told that there was a revival that was taking place at her church. Many of you know what revivals are. It's where you bring in a a visiting evangelist and, and worship leaders and for every night, check this out, people would gather in the house of God and worship and celebrate And a fiery evangelist would preach salvation in Jesus Christ and and it would go on and on and on, sometimes for three days, sometimes for seven. Darlene's story is that the revival was supposed to end at day seven, but for some reason, her pastor felt as if God wasn't finished and they needed to extend the revival meetings. And it was during that extension, maybe around day nine or 10, that Darlene saw her need for Jesus. And she walked an aisle in her church service and gave her life to Jesus Christ. It transformed her life. It transformed her husband's life and the kids as well in her home. People of faith, people who maybe didn't start out walking with Jesus, but when they were introduced to Jesus, Their lives were never the same. I wonder how many of you can relate to that. Here's my question for us today as we continue in our study. Do we believe that Jesus is the answer for our world today? Just as these stories of people who who have said yes to Jesus in years gone by, I wonder if we really believe that Jesus is still the answer for a world that's hurting and confused, and looking for answers. Is Jesus the answer? And the question is this, are we willing to do whatever it may take to make sure that we introduce people to the answer that they need? If there's a title that I have for today's sermon, well actually it is the title, I have given it a title. Today's sermon is called Through the Roof Faith. And I want us to look at a story in scripture that some of you are quite familiar with. If you know the story, it's going to make sense. But for those of you to maybe this story is new and fresh today, you're going to look and say, what in the world were they thinking? You know, sometimes faith is like that, isn't it? Sometimes faith just doesn't make sense in the moment. Let's be honest and let's be real. I told you that this Area of faith is central to our Christianity. We call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ, but none of us have ever seen him physically. He's never sat down at our table to have dinner with us. He's never shown up and preached a sermon here, right? Physically. At some point, all of us as Christians are placing our faith in someone or something that we've never seen, but yet we still hold on to that, do we not? And oh, by the way, I do believe in angels around us. And I do believe that there are times in which we entertain angels and we just don't know it. Wow. Today, I want us to look at a story in the book of Mark chapter two. If you have your Bibles, pull it out. If you have a tablet, a phone, pull it out. Or for those of you that, that just, it's just hard to bend over because of your old age or the health in front of you, we have the words on the screen as well. For those of you that are watching online today, hey, thank you so much. How's brunch going right now? How many mimosas have you thrown back? You know, just joking. But it is good to be and We've had scripture on the screen for you today. Here's what I want you to see today about this thing about faith. Can we go back about faith in advance? Here's the deal, sometimes faith doesn't make sense to us because faith is believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Let me rewind the tape. Faith is believing in advance, what will only make sense in reverse. Some of you are living testimonies to that because you were given a diagnosis that did not look favorable, but God. Some of you... We're in the middle of the month and the finances are already depleted and you didn't know how you were gonna make it through. But God. Some of you thought when he or she left, your life was over and doomed. There would be no other way you could ever go on without having a companion in your life. But God. You see, sometimes faith doesn't make sense in advance. But when we look back at it, and we reverse and look at it from the end of the backside, ah, oh, we see the beauty of it all. You guys all right today? Yeah. Let's read a story. Can we do that? You guys okay with the Bible? Yeah. Do you read it? Yeah. It's good. It's got answers for you. I did a wedding last night, and I encouraged the couple, hey, let God be involved in your marriage. Why? Well, because he created it. And I don't know about you, but whoever invents something probably is best know, knows best how it should function and operate. Amen? So all you, all you single ladies, all remember what I just said to you, okay? What? uh oh. Uh, y'all want me? Uh-oh. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, don't, don't don't encourage me. Do not encourage me. The people online are going, uh, can we still find Andy Stanley somewhere online to watch? Hey, let's look at God's word. I love it. Mark chapter 2, beginning of verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, news spread quickly that he was back home. Now Jesus wasn't from Capernaum. He was raised in Nazareth. Remember the story? Can anything good from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Jesus' hometown was Nazareth. At the age of 30, he left home and began to be a part of his heavenly father's call and ministry on his life. But Capernaum It's located right on the Sea of Galilee. Anybody been there recently within the last week or two? It's awesome. Love it. Hey, the Horgans are there. Hey, by the way, let's just pause. Can I get the house lights up real quick? Desi and Sean, I want you to stand up because I love your shirts today. Look at that. Hey, turn around. Just do it. So everybody, Sean, you don't have to. Listen, Sean and Desi are wearing camel t-shirts. Now listen, this is not a great advertising plug for Israel but it's an answer to prayer and how God works. While riding, listen, while riding camels, Sean and Desi were thrown off. The camel got spooked and took off galloping like a horse. And by the grace of God, Sean and Desi did not suffer the trauma and injuries. Now, we still have some vertebrae that are fractured and some arms that are not functioning and looking like they should. But we give God glory, but hey, You just made my day seeing camels on your shirt. That's awesome. Good to see you. Let's get back to the story of Capernaum, right? Jesus is in Capernaum and news has spread quickly that he was there. Soon the house, say the house. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the doors. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. <laughs> Seeing their faith, verse 5 says, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Through the roof, faith. I love this story on so many levels. But I love it, first of all, for the creativity that four men come up with in order to get a friend of theirs who is sick. He's sick, spiritually, but he's also sick physically. And they come up with a way, some way to get him in front of Jesus. The house is packed. People are hearing stories about this rabbi who's healing people, leprosy, gone, demoniacs, banished. They want to get a glimpse of this miracle man. Problem is these four bring a friend that needs Jesus big time. And they can't get their friend into his presence. And so they're creative. They come up with a plan. You see, houses back then were flat roofed and, and they used the roof as kind of bonus space. They would, they would use the roof as a place to go up at night in the cool of the night and look at stars. There was a place of lounging. It was a place of recreation. There might've been some parties, some rooftop parties of biblical proportions take place up there, Right. The roofs were made out of a mixture of of sticks that were laid with with clay that would be spread over to kind of form the rooftop, but it was sturdy enough to hold people, but yet it was possible to be broken up so that someone could bring the roof down. There was a stairwell that probably led up to the side of this home to make it easy for these four to bring. I love the creativity We can't get in the front door. There's no room in. So we've got to come up with a way to get our friend who is in need of Jesus into his presence. Man, I love this. You know, today we've got it made. We've got websites. We've got... You know, live stream, we've got apps, we've got church buildings, we've got programs galore in order to invite and bring people or introduce them, get them in the presence of Jesus. I'm reminded even in the early church, in the book of Acts, these people were just so consumed in making sure that people heard about Jesus the Messiah. They, they would put their lives in danger to speak of. They were performing signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Peter's preaching in public spaces, regardless, irregardless of what religious people thought. They just wanted to introduce people to Jesus. I love that. Church, my concern for us is that we don't have the same passion, concern, creativity, maybe, in order to bring our lost friends who are sick, hurting, we don't get them into the presence of Jesus. Think about that. If you believe Jesus is the answer, what are you willing to do to get your friends in front of him? We see it here in Mark chapter two, that these guys were not going to let some overcrowding issue keep them from that, or they were not concerned about the political atmosphere in the community. They simply did whatever was necessary to make sure their friend could be placed in front of Jesus. Hey, let me ask you a question today. If, if, if you had a friend that had a toothache, what would you tell them to do? If, 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 if you had a friend that, that fell off of a camel and <laughs> broke her arm and what would you, 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 would you call 911 or, or would you place her in your vehicle and, and get her to, to a doctor? Or or, or what if you had a friend that you knew was hungry? Wouldn't you go pick them up and take them to lunch or get something to eat? What would you be willing to do? If you knew a friend of yours was in need, how would you respond? You see, you know how to respond. You know you would tell them, hey, Call the dentist. You know that you would get them to the doctor. You know that you would pick them up and get them to the restaurant, right? Because you know that those places can meet the need in your friend's life. I'm just wondering today, if we believe in dentists and doctors and restaurants more than we do Jesus. We know what he's capable of. We know who he is. We know what He's done through Scripture and in our lives. And I just wonder if we truly believe. That our friends that are in need, our friends that are battling anxiety and worry, our friends that are depressed, our friends that are addicted to some substance, our friends whose marriages are falling apart, our kids are off the rail, our friends who are lonely, our friends who are confused. I just wonder, will we do whatever is necessary to get them in front of the answer, his name is Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. We just sang that. I wonder church. Do we believe that? Four friends in Mark chapter two believed that their paralyzed, spiritually desperate friend needed Jesus. And they did whatever was necessary to get him there. Oh, I'm just afraid though. I'm I'm afraid of what other people are going to say about me if I invite them or bring them to a Jesus opportunity. Man, I'm I'm just afraid if if I I wear the shirt that says something about Jesus or my faith on, I'm just afraid of of how people are going to label me right? I, I, I'm not putting, I'm not putting the NTC church stick on the back of my car because then I got to drive like, geez. <laughs> uh, you see, we, 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 we if you would have been one of the four that day and you saw the crowded room, would you just said, Hey bro, I'm sorry, bro. We missed it. We should have shown up earlier. You know, should have been watching TV. We could have gotten there earlier and it could have had a front row seat to Jesus, but man, we missed it. Next time, bro. Good luck. Paralyzed. Just stay. Yeah. Or I, I wonder, golly, I'm a, what are all they going to think about me? Or, oh man, gosh, I hate the damage. I don't even know who the homeowner is here. And man, I hate to the damage their roof. Then I've got to pay for their repairs. And Jesus is down there. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there preaching and teaching and doing what he does? And debris. Do you say debris or debris or debris, whatever, but stuff starts falling on his head. These guys didn't care about any of that. And we see their faith in action. So listen, be very careful before a preacher on a platform says, do you believe that Jesus is the answer? Because if we do check this out, then our actions will also show that our actions will prove that and we will be unashamed of the gospel and we will do whatever it takes to get our friends in front of Jesus. And oh, make no mistake about it, you have friends that need Jesus. In fact, listen, you're probably sitting next to someone right now in this house or online, they have a need in their life and they need Jesus. They need to know that Jesus is the answer. What are we gonna do? If we believe that he is who he says he is, and if we believe that he can do what he says he can do, my friends, why are we not inviting more? Why are we not talking about him more? Why are we not getting them in front of Jesus more? This is a Mother's Day sermon. You're supposed to be nice and cuddly and talk daisies and all that. I'm sorry, wrong church. Um, but we do love you moms mothers, but guys, whether we want to admit it or not, it's in moments like this that our faith preaches, does it not? And oh, by the way, real quick at the band, go ahead and come on up preachers going long and we've got mimosas. Y'all think some of y'all thinking mimosas right now. And so it's okay. Um, I, I love what verse 5 says. Migs, I don't know if we can go back to that verse, bro. If we do, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a, a water burger. If we can get back to verse five, listen to what heals the man. Oh, yeah, now you throw the screen up, right? Just quick like that. Okay, it was already up there. Okay. So I don't know I'm a water burger? Okay. Here's what it says: seeing their faith. So check this out. It wasn't the man's faith that healed him that day. We don't read in here that the man said, hey Jesus, listen, I'm a sinner in need of saving. We don't even read here, hey Jesus, listen, you can see I'm paralyzed, I can't move. We don't read Jesus asking this guy, hey, what do you want me to do for you? As he did in other encounters. What we read in verse five is what healed the man was the faith of their friends. Come on somebody, your faith affects others. Your faith is not just for you, but it has an overflow effect on people. And it was the faith of these four that healed the man that day, wow. So here's my question. Are you looking for opportunities to bring your friends to Christ? What are you willing to do? Do you have through the roof faith? What are you willing to do to make sure that people see that Jesus is the answer. Hey, 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 listen. Um, Joanne. Joanne was my Sunday school teacher that played a significant role in me understanding who Jesus was. Mike, he wasn't my postman, but he was my royal ambassador director. And when I was growing up, where I had no dad present Monday through Friday in my life, Mike stepped in and filled the gap and showed me what manhood was. Despite his lisp and his stuttering, he showed me Jesus. Jocko Pancho was my favorite baseball coach of all time. And he taught me how to play the game and play it right. I was able to go and get a college education, maybe as a result of it, I did, but because of his investment. But more than that, he defended me because I've always been healthy. I was that kid who was always questioned, how old is that man? Is he shaving in the third grade? I was just mature. I drank milk. And it does a body good. (laughs) Darlene. Well, Darlene's my mom. And I honor her this day. For helping me see Jesus. And answering the questions that I had. Mom, what does it mean that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? Well, son, let's talk about that. Hey mom, when communion's passed, how come you slap my hand whenever it comes by in the flying saucer and I want the juice and the bread? I'm thirsty and I'm hungry. Well, that's not what it's for, son. It was my mom that was there for me. when my dad wasn't. That helped me through. High school years, because I don't know about you, but, but mine were a challenge. Come on, anybody have rough days in your high school years? Come on, get your hands up. You liars, you liars. You were not the perfect child. Nor were I. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And my mom set me on a pathway to faith. And I'm not perfect. Y'all know that. But man, by the grace of God, I'm pressing on. What are we willing to do to introduce our friends to Jesus? Hey, today we're about to celebrate. Do not leave. Lunch will be worth it. I promise. But today we're about to celebrate through something called scriptural baptism. Can I get the light up over on that area right now? Because we have some friends in this house that have said yes to Jesus. In fact, if you're here today and gonna be baptized, y'all go ahead and stand up and go back and change. Let's get ready, come on, there's a celebration that's happening right now. If you're being baptized, go ahead and go out and change. Pastor Jason's gonna go change. But for the rest of us in this room, listen, listen. These people have said yes to Jesus and if you've not, I pray that today is the day of salvation for you. We're gonna sing, Pastor Allen, we got a good song to sing, don't we? We're gonna sing, Lord Jesus, I wanna thank you for the faith of four people in Mark chapter two that did whatever was necessary to get their friends in front of Jesus. And God, I'm thankful for the four people that played a significant role in my life that pointed me to Jesus. God, I pray that we would all do the same for someone else it's in
1: your name we pray amen come on let's stand up to our feet church let's sing about the faithfulness of our God oh, we love you Jesus God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass great is your faithfulness to me great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name faithfulness to me do you believe that today church great is the faithfulness of our God oh, 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 oh. come on if you know us sing it out with us this morning God from age to age though the earth may pass away your word remains the same yeah. history can prove there's nothing you can't do you're faithful and true though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come you Church, can we lift our hands in this place can we just begin to lift our voice all across this building from the front to the back the left to the right of our God's faithfulness come on if you you've made Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life would you just begin to open up your mouth and just to thank God God I thank you for your faithfulness I thank you that as the people who come in down into these waters their name is written into the book of life I thank you that that same promise that you gave them, you've given me God and we're going to continue to sing about his faithfulness today, we say, I put my faith, and I put my faith in Jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation he'll never let me down no, I put my faith in Jesus, my To the ground is my home. He said, he said, I will praise.
0: Now, church, here's the deal. We're going to erupt with praise and celebration today when people come up out of the water. Because everyone that's going to step into this tank today have already said yes to Jesus Christ. This does not save them. What they're doing today is something that Jesus modeled for all of us who follow him. You see, before Jesus began his ministry on earth that his heavenly father had called him to do... Jesus went and found a man by the name of John the Baptist baptizing in the Jordan River come on John and he was baptizing people the word baptized means to immerse or to dunk under the water we don't sprinkle, spray, blow on pop on the head we don't do that the word baptized means to immerse under water that's how Jesus was baptized Jesus came up out of that water and it pleased God tremendously how do I know that? I wasn't there but I read the Bible The Bible said there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I am pleased, well pleased. It says the spirit of God descended on Jesus like a dove. So I know heaven's going to erupt in praise when these people come up out of the water. And I can't help but think that the people of God in this house are going to do the same. Because we once were lost, but now we're found. Hello. Hallelujah. Can I introduce my friends to you right now? Come on, Ridley. Ridley Paul.
1: Woo!
0: This is Ridley. She's 22 years old and it, I'm just kidding. Ridley, how old are you? Eight years old. Ridley's eight years second grade, right? Are you passing? Are you going to make it to third? Yes. Awesome. That's great. The second grade were the two best years of my life, Ridley, but um, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Amen. But Ridley, I want to ask you a question. You and I have talked and I know your story, but I want you to tell everybody. Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Amen. Because of that testimony, because you've already asked Jesus in your heart. Today, you're following through with baptism because Jesus asked us to follow in his steps. And Ridley, here's the deal. All the things that you know that Jesus did, I pray that not just today, but for the rest of your life, you would do the things that Jesus did. And honor Him. So, because of your testimony, let's step down here. I think you grew since Wednesday, <laughs> Ridley. Because Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Look at Mom and Dad here, because they played a role. There's your brother. Because Jesus is your Lord and Savior today, Ridley. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Come on, I I you Jesus, come on. I, I to right the ground.
0: This is Virginia. If you know Virginia, go ahead and stand right now. Look at all these people. Look, you got friends here, people around, a big house here, people watching online. Virginia came, and I'm not going to tell you how old she is because I have learned a few things. But here's what I love Virginia, I met Virginia. Well, we had a good visit last weekend, and I got to hear your heart. And Virginia, here's what I know about you you desire to, to serve the Lord and honor Him. She has a heart for kids, She is a great caregiver, and she's a great mom. We're gonna baptize her daughter in just a second. But I wanna start with you first, Virginia, because I wanna challenge you to continue to look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And I want you to look to Jesus as a mom because he wants to guide you in how to raise your children in an honoring way. But I'm excited today as your pastor to be able to baptize you. Let me ask you, have you asked Christ to come into your heart? He's there, isn't he? Virginia, there's nothing you can do to lose him. But because of your declaration of faith in Jesus today, I baptize you. She's my sister spiritually in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. a great visual right here. Parents training their children. Parents, no pressure, but that's your role. Your role. We as a church come alongside and help and we want to do our best. But I'm grateful for a mom that stands here today with her daughter. This is Riley. Everybody say, hey, Riley. Hi, Riley. Riley, look at all these people here. Listen, this is part of your family now. They're going to pray for and encourage you, right? Chris, can Riley count on you? And here's the deal, Riley. If you ever need money, these people here will be willing to give it to you. Because that's what family does. Amen. Hey, Riley, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Because He's your Savior, you've asked Him into your heart. Your mom and I today are going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am putting my faith in You. Hallelujah. hey, listen, I'm just going to do this. You didn't come prepared, but maybe you're here today and you've said yes to Jesus, but you've never followed through through scriptural baptism. This doesn't save a person. But for some of you, maybe you've never taken this step of obedience and following Him. This is a way of us declaring to the world who we belong to. So if there's anyone else here today, I've got plenty of towels backstage. We can dry you off. But if you'd like to be baptized today, just stand up right now and come see me. If not, no worries. But if that's you, you